Today's message is entitled, True Christianity. Uh, and today's passage came from Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 13. Um, but here it says 21. But uh, by all means, continue to read <laughs> to the end. But in our uh, click intro today, if we can switch to the next. Okay, thank you. We need to ask this question here today. Uh, this is something that came up this past week as I was talking to um, a student at George Mason University. What is Christianity and how is a Christian supposed to look like? Uh, the brother that I got to speak with, he worked really diligently. He's a, he's a smart kid. He's uh, in like the pre-med program, or he's trying to change his major to pre-med, so his coursework exponentially increased and he uh is like a he does like classical vocals on the side as his like uh extracurricular and then he serves at his church uh in virginia and he plays keyboard he sings he does he does a lot of things and he came to me saying so when usually when i'm out people call me pd <laughs> for pastor dan and he was like, PD, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I have so much on my plate, but I have no strength to do anything. Um, I feel like I'm going to like implode. And the, uh, the pastor who is in charge of the campus ministry there, um, there's a lot of pressure on this, this, uh, person to do a lot of things. So he has to lie so that he can kind of get by. And that really broke my heart. I'm like, why do you have to lie? <laughs> you know, I told him, look, you have to know where you are spiritually. Right now, you're not in a good place. If, you, if you're going to continue like this, you're going to just fall apart. You know, you're going to get burnt out. Because I've been there as a, as a, a young, uh, young adult during my uh, college age time, too, where I said yes to too many things. And it's not a human thing to do <laughs> you'll get burnt out trying to do so much so we started breaking it down to really understand what is it that christians are supposed to look like and this is what we see in today's passage as well it starts off with this and i i told them look you're living a lie <laughs> you're living a lie why are you going to live a lie it says here in verse 9 let love be genuine let love be genuine right and we talked about this last week where god is love and when we saw that god is love the word that was used for love was this word called agape and agape means selfless love right and this is the kind of love that god shows us and he shows this through jesus christ in romans 5 8 if we look at it together, let's read it together. Ready, go. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't when we were perfect that Christ died for us. It was when we were still sinners, even when we we're messed up, that Christ still came and died for you and me. But a lot of people have it backwards. People think like, I have to be perfect, and then what Jesus did counts. But that is the furthest thing from the gospel. That's the furthest thing from what Jesus Christ showed through his life. Romans 5.8 is a good picture of this. That while we are still sinners, 
Guess what? Christ loved you. You don't have to earn his love. But people think, I have to earn his love, and then I'll be forgiven. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he sent his one and only son. Right? For what? To be our substitution. To pay for our sins. And those who believe in his name will have everlasting life. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's that source of love that we need to start. Something genuine. And I told him, look, who are you? <laughs> right? And this is a question that I ask uh, you know, everyone here a lot of times too. Where are you? Who are you? Um, because who you are determines what answers you will receive. If you are always fake, if you're always having to pretend you're to look good, right? Then you're going to have a hard time. Because one that lives like this lives under fear. Fear leads one to be dishonest and even unforgiving. Why? Because fear causes us to have pressure to perform. Oh, I have to be perfect. But if I'm not, if I don't do it perfectly, then I'm going to be a failure. Or... Uh, the world's going to look down on me, right? Or we can become the opposite. We can be like a taskmaster where we're like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> right? Point the finger at somebody else. And we see this a lot in married couples and just couples in general where we say, oh, I forgave, I forgave you. <laughs> and then the thing that you forgive you kind of put it in your back pocket, and when you fight, what happens? You bring it all out, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you attack them with all the past things that happened, and remember what you did last time? That's why this time happened. And But then you're like, the other person's like, I thought you forgave me for that time. <laughs> but this happens so often, and guess what? After we have that fight, we pick up all the weapons and all the bullets and everything and we put it back in our pocket <laughs> thinking that, oh, everything's fine. And then we just keep adding to our scars, keep adding to the things that we're struggling with, constantly falling into pressure or constantly giving other people pressure or both, right? And you have you end up living a very dishonest life, and by that I mean you don't know who you are anymore. When you live in fear, you forget who you are. For me as a pastor, I don't, I don't like telling people I'm a pastor when, I, when, I'm, when I'm talking with like other parents. <laughs> and it's not because I'm ashamed of being a pastor. I love being a pastor. But because of how people present themselves. Because a lot of times when you say, hey, I'm a pastor, people are like, oh, I can't curse anymore. I can't say these things anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fine. You know, I'm not here to, I'm not here to judge you. I want to know you. I want to know the real you. I don't want to know a pretend you. Because if it's a pretend you, then if I share the gospel, that person at the core is not going to change. That person is not going to hear the gospel. They're just going to, uh, you know, pretend to be nice. I hate that. <laughs> you don't have to pretend in front of me, right? 
because I rather know you for who you are, because that's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to the real you. I don't want to talk to the pretend you, or the fake you, or the you know <laughs> imposter you. I want to know people for who they really are, and more so God. God knows who you are, and it saddens his heart to see his people pretend to be something else. And it's in that pretending that we end up trying to uphold the lie, right? Trying to look perfect, trying to look all put together, trying to say, hey, everything's fine, everything's fine. But it's not. When we live like this, we lose ourselves. We lose who we are. We lose our identity. We have no idea who we are anymore. And then when, one day, you just kind of, you wake up to it and say, oh, wow, how did I end up here? I don't even know what I want to do with my life. And you're already like 80, <laughs> you know? Because time flies by when you're constantly living in fear. Time flies by when you're constantly trying to perform perfection. This you know, is evil. <laughs> this is not what God desires from our lives. He wants you to actually know the true gospel. He wants you to know his forgiveness to your core of who you are. He wants you to know that who you are, even the bad side of you, in his hands can be healed. So hold fast to what is good. And it's this difference between progress and perfection, right? God, he wants you to, he, he wants to lead you in this process of sanctification, right? Huge word. In other words, he's guiding you step by step to break out of your fears, to break out of those scars, to heal from unforgiveness that you have yet to forgive, right? Those things are eating us up more than you think. The more we hold on to unforgiveness, the more we hold on to fears, we lose more of ourselves. And we end up trying to chase after something that we can't, perfection. We're never meant to be perfect. We're meant to have relationship with a perfect God who's guiding us step by step so that we don't have to live in our past anymore or stay stuck in our past anymore. Same scars, same worries, same fears. All those things are forgiven. All those things have a process and an answer when we are in God's grace. The whys and how did this happen? And when we place these problems in God's hands, he pieces it together to make something so ugly or something so broken into something masterful, something like a masterpiece. It says here in verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. What does this mean? It means that God needs to be our source of love for us to love, because there's no way we can do this, right? It's hard to love people because people are going to be like people. They're going to 
fail us. They're going to not come through because that's just human nature in a lot of ways. And it doesn't give us an excuse to do that, so don't do that. <laughs> but, but we need God's love to love because our patience is very limited. How much energy we pour out is limited. And it says to outdo one another in showing honor where we need to be one that is honorable so that we too can show honor to other people. What does it mean to show honor to people? It's showing respect, right? Being respectable and being respectful. And for some people, that's very difficult. I can't show respect for A, B, and C person because A, B, and C, <laughs> C, D, and F, and all this stuff. There's so much, you know, past scars and past this and that. But it says outdo one another in showing honor. What does that mean? Being available, right? The best ability is availability. <laughs> There's a corny saying like that, but availability is so important when it comes to the people that we are surrounded around with, right? Yes, there are people that are toxic that we talked about last week. For those people, keep a little distance. Always, you know, hey, my door's open, but if you're going to be toxic, then please three meters away. <laughs> I don't know how many, how, how much space you need. But if there's someone that is toxic, yes, you need some space. But for the people that are around you, you have to understand we need God's love to even be respectable and to respect others. And a, a huge way to respect others is being available to others. And this is something that we too as a church are growing to do, you know, step by step being available, you know, especially in today's age where people are becoming more and more just self-centered because of just technology and COVID and all these different needs and, um, you know, inflation and all these things, like all these problems make us more and more just self-centered and for, for a good reason, right? Because we have to be secured. We have to feel financially okay. Um, but when we start to see God's plan behind our lives, he gives us wisdom, he gives us guidance to know how to deal with those situations. And step by step, we start to see answers that are tied to our calling. When you realize where God is calling you to be, he will provide for you to fulfill that calling. This is not prosperity gospel. If you believe in Jesus, he's going to make you rich. That's not the gospel. But the gospel is, wherever he calls you to be, he will give you the strength to fulfill that call. That's something that he's shown throughout the Bible from Old Testament into the New Testament. That's something that is a blessing for you too. And that's something that I've held on to as my prayer, prayer topic since I started to do ministry. God, I want to be where you want me to be. Because that's where you will provide for me and my family. That's where you will give me the strength to do what you're asking me to do. Otherwise, I'm going to fall apart. <laughs> you know, I'm going to burn out. And so with that strength that we receive, uh, we serve the Lord. Verse 11 and 12, do not be slothful in zeal, 
Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. You have to understand that being, you know, passionate, zeal, zealous for the Lord, it doesn't appear out of nowhere. You can't just be like, okay, I want to be fired up for God today. <laughs> no, that doesn't just happen. And if you do do that, you might be a little crazy. <laughs> if it's just once in a while, you do that. This is something that is consistent. It has to be consistent. So what do we see in the verse, uh, verse 12? It says, rejoice in hope. What are we hoping in? God's promises through his word. Because we see ahead of time God's promises for our lives, we're able to rejoice in what he will fulfill for our lives. Be patient in tribulation. Why? When, when things go bad, how can you be patient? You should get mad, right? You should get very worried, right? No, because of the evidence God will show you through his word. If you're not there yet, that's okay. But know that when you confirm God's word, he gives you evidence, right? Just like a person that you trust the most, even though you don't see it with their eyes, if they say, hey, there's a, a package waiting for you at home, or hey, somebody sent you a present and it's waiting for you at home. Did you see the present? No. Do you know it's there? Yeah. Why? Because I trust the person that told me. That's what we're building when we're building this relationship with God, when we're worshiping, we're getting to know who God is. We're not just worshiping because I'm a Christian, this is what I'm supposed to do, it's my duty. No. It, you can treat it like a duty, but if you don't have a relationship in that process, then this is not it. Christianity is about relationship with God, communicating with the living God, the God that loves you, the God that loves me. And that's why we can be in constant prayer. That communication is so important. I know a lot of times uh, it might be hard to pray, but we need to begin prayer. Uh, for some reason, it's harder for guys to pray than girls. <laughs> but we need to pray, you know, especially the men of our church. We need to pray because you guys will be ones to help guide your family along with your future spouse or your spouse current. Uh, and that's something that we really need to build is a spiritual foundation for our homes. And it comes from God, if God is not the source of your strength, source of your love, then you're going to burn out as a father, as a husband, you know, if you're not married yet, as a boyfriend or as a, you know, girlfriend, wife, etc. We need, we need relationship with God. And be fervent in the spirit where we can be only fervent with God's help through his Holy Spirit. Without his Holy Spirit, we can only do so much. We have to understand that our devotion and the ministry that we do through our lives, through our workplaces and whatnot, it's in partnership with God. It's not 
oh, I'm going to make something happen today. I want to be an extra good Christian today. No, because you're a child of God, God, he is with you. He is with you when you leave the church. You don't leave God here and then go home, right? The presence of God is with you. And with that, you're able to do what he calls you to do. Serve him. And serving him isn't just like, oh, I'm a slave, right? But there's a purpose. It's to fulfill the very purpose for your life. He knows why you're here. You might not know why you're here. <laughs> God knows why you're here. And the more we know who God is, the, the more we come to know who we are. Because you're not made for nothing. You're not worthless. There is a plan tied to your life. It's just you need to ask your creator. You need to ask our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that, we build the church. It says to contribute to the needs of the saints, right? Including, you know, those who preach the gospel, those who serve the church, and seek to show hospitality, right? Where we are a source, a platform for the world to come to know who Jesus is. The church isn't just this building. We have to understand that we are called to this ministry of reconciliation. So our homes too can become kind of like a mini church as well. Not that you need to have like a full service or, or something like that at your house, but you know, a, a version, you know, that is very open and as a platform for people to come and not only spend time together, but have those opportunities to share good news where people don't have to stay stuck in their scars anymore, where people don't have to stay stuck in fear anymore. This is the church that we are trying to build. It's not, we need a bigger building. We need more people to fill the seats. I want our church members to be an extension of the church. I want more activity happening outside the church because that's where we confirm the word. We come and gather to receive the word and then we go back home to confirm the word. We need to see God's word actually taking place because that's what's missing today. Sadly, there's so many churches, so many huge ministries, but there's no witnesses. People don't see how God's word is actually taking place in their lives. It's just a community center. <laughs> like there's better community centers, you know, that are very geared towards your, your, you know, your hobbies or if you like sports or if you like video games. There's, there's community centers that are way more suited for that. The church isn't another community center. This is a place for people that want to be witnesses. This is a platform for people to hear the gospel so that they can see the gospel evidenced in their lives. Yes, we can have fun. That's not a problem. You know, that's part of a community, right? But that's not our main foundation for ministry. It's life movement that God wants us to carry out. So our conclusion here today is this. This is a covenant journey. 
meaning a journey that's founded in God's promise. So it's a process, right? So the point of Christianity is not ethics. A lot of people say that. They're like, oh yeah, uh, my job, they, they love that, you know, I'm, I'm part of a church and stuff because of the ethics and all that stuff. I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, yeah, that's part of it, but that's not the main point. The main point is a genuine, genuine relationship with Christ. Out of that genuine relationship, yes, ethics can take place, right? Good ethics and all this stuff. But without that relationship, it's just you. You trying to make yourself perfect. And you getting burnt out in the process. As we hold on to the word of God and confirm it, the answers will come. It's just that we need to start. And we need to be consistent. Today's message that you, you hear today, I challenge you, make it into prayer requests. Make it into prayer topics that you can pray throughout this week and see how God answers his word. See how he speaks to you through your circumstance, or even it can be in the middle of your prayer as well. Or it could be, if you journal, it can come through even when you're journaling. It's just we need to start, and we need to be consistent. Why? Because this is a relationship. Any relationship requires consistency, a consistent communication, a consistent time to meet, right? then you can build a very healthy and strong relationship, especially as you see eye to eye and hear each other's heart. Same thing with us and God. When we're consistent with our relationship with him, then we start to see a spiritual rhythm. Like, okay, this is not just once in a while, but this is something that I can, I can connect to God anytime. Not just when I'm at church, but when I'm at work, when I'm by myself at home, or when I'm shopping, <laughs> or when I'm on vacation. You can enjoy Christ. Our third point, last point, is don't let pride prevent you from starting. Because some, some people are like, eh, I guess, maybe. That's pride getting in the way. If God's word says this is how he answers you, start and see how he answers you. Like that's so, I mean, it's like such a, it's such a simple thing, but it's at the same time a very difficult thing. But we have to really humble ourselves to, to begin. Like, I don't know where to begin. I'll tell you where to begin. The word that you received today Change it into prayer topics. Start from there. Pray through the message that we, you heard today. And then put down your own prayer requests. And that's it. <laughs> See how God answers you throughout the week. Communicate with him. Start that, start that talk this week. Start that prayer this week. And he'll give you the strength to face tribulations He'll give you the words that you need through communication. 
as you confirm his word. 